now, after uh, almost one century, repurposing the building was very significant also for the people, especially the older ones, that used to remember the place in their childhood as a working factory at its full glory. And it was like reviving the history in a different way, with a different use. Hello there. If you find yourself looking for a slower way of life, of travels, of connecting to the people and the places around you, you're in good company. Join me, Molly Reese, for season four of our series, a season of celebration and community with families all around the world who welcome us to breathe in the crisp air, sip slowly from a warm mug, and cozy up by the fireplace as we gather around festive memories and merry conversations. This is Stay in Good Company. Today, we're in great company with Nikos Karaflos, Imagineer of Dexamines, a well-deserved title for someone who took a 1920s abandoned wine factory along one of the most unspoiled stretches of coastline in the western Peloponnese region of Greece and transformed it into an award-winning conscious luxury resort. Nikos, welcome to the show. Happy to have you in our company. Thank you very much for the invitation. Now, before we get to know what it is like to stay in old wine tanks and marvel at the Ionian Sea just steps away, we want to get to know you. Can you tell us about yourself, a native to the Greek region of Peloponnese? What was your early childhood like growing up on this land and how it has shaped you into your later adult years? I was born and raised in the western Peloponnese, in the region of the Xamenes. It was a unique experience because I had the chance to grow up in innocent times. We were playing in the neighborhood. It was original, slow living. <laughs> so all these experiences saved a lot much of how my adulthood looks like now. And what are my goals for my kids too? Absolutely. It's definitely one of those childhoods that maybe in the moment you don't necessarily think about how significant it is until you maybe see it in the eyes of your own children or how you miss that or long for that. Now, today, you consider yourself an Imagineer, and I love that title, by the way. And so in your career, you've studied engineering, worked in architecture, and now you're transforming hospitality. So how did you come up with that creative title, and what is the common thread woven throughout those experiences? This title came when I was not sure how to label myself, because I have a background in engineering. I have studied electrical engineering and computer science in the National Technical University of Athens. I was also trained as a lighting designer afterwards before dealing with hospitality. So I was very confused when I took over the project of hotel and uh, my roles were multiple because having worked at the architects, I was part of the creative process since day one. Also afterwards, I was the construction manager because I was on site overseeing the whole construction process. All contractors were local, so I had to coordinate them, and I was at the role of the construction manager, let's say. And afterwards, I was leading the hospitality operation. So I was very confused. I chose this title for myself, combining my engineering background uh, with my creative way I want to live my life. Well, and it speaks perfectly for all that you have created and envisioned for your role today. And I think that, to your point, it's a bit of an art, it's a bit of a science, and not only were you doing the work, but you were the one who had this vision for what it would become. And so I wonder, what 
inspired you to enter the world of hospitality in particular? What had you learned from maybe your past career that has helped you in this new endeavor? What helped me a lot is, especially from my engineering background and my studies, the more logical way of thinking from my background as an operations manager at, at an architectural practice is how to structure a creative process. So with the, these two backgrounds, I learned how a creative procedure can be structured and can be done because sometimes I feel that very creative ideas cannot find a way to be implemented in real life and real world. <laughs> so I use my technical skills to make it possible. That's very a good point that, yes, while it might look good on paper or as an idea in your head, if it's not actually <laughs> realistic, then, <laughs> then you need to be able to to make changes or to yes, pivot. Yes, and be adaptive. <laughs> yes. Now, speaking of which, what were you surprised to learn in this new position running the actual hotel itself? Were there any pivotal challenges or perhaps triumphs that you experienced along the way? Through the, uh, the operation of the hotel, I learned much because with my professional background at the architectural practice and both in, like an engineer, I had not much to do with like the... Uh, basic physical needs of people. So I believe that <laughs> having a, a great property by the sea with great design and history was enough. But no, <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> I understood that all these elements were very attractive, so very nice features to make uh, people make a booking. But after they, they came to the hotel, their top priority was their uh, physical needs. So they had to sleep well, they had to eat well <laughs> and drink well. <laughs> and all these needs were unknown to me before, professions before. So I had to reprioritize what's important, what's not. So although we have a cultural programming and we do many intellectual, interesting experiences, we focused more on physical experiences like a good quality of food, more research on what we drink or eat and how we sleep. So that was something that I learned from the hotel and surprised me in a way because I was, I was not prepared enough for that. Well, and how could you be? I think that's something that you have to kind of learn along the way. And yes, a lot of that is innate in your human nature, those basic needs. But then when you think about traveling yourself and some of the experiences that you would want, and as your guests start to provide that feedback, then you start to build that library of ideas and ways to accommodate them to almost kind of think of their needs before they even think of them themselves. So I know you've come a long way. You have a lot of those experiences now. <laughs> there are also many levels that you have to take care of, like physical needs, intellectual needs, their need to, to learn more about the region, about the local history, but also all this should be combined with the values of the brand. So you have to combine different things from different backgrounds to create an experience that's very suitable for both the brand, but also the needs of the guests. Absolutely. Well, and speaking of which, how did you come across the abandoned wine factory dating back to the 1920s? And what about it led you to want to really renovate and restore it in this new way? The beginning of the story was when my father bought this place when I was 15 years old. I accompanied him in the process of the auction. So <laughs> I was sitting in this uh, big round wooden table through the bidding process. We managed to be the highest bidder, so this property became property of my family. 
but I was very familiar with it before because during my school years, we had a long research about the history and the current era because very significant period for Greece back then. And uh, me as a, as a student, I had to create some essays and do some interviews with people that had worked there. It was like I had already traveled back in time and had created some memories from the descriptions of other people that had lived there when the winery was working. I was very lucky to be in the position of deciding what the future of this site will be, having knowledge about its history and having also experiences me as a, as a child. I used to know the site because I used to go with my family around for swimming and uh, playing on the beach. And it was like a kind of ghost. It was like there was a big concrete wall. And behind these walls, it was like a mystery. So it was like magic when I was in the position to make decisions about the future of this site. So afterwards, I was sure that we had to keep as much as possible and respect its history and highlight the, its history, not just respect. So in the process of, deci of deciding what it will be, the result was like the most possible version. But even more important, above what it will be, it had to be kept as it was before, as much as possible. <laughs> That's so neat to hear that it had such personal history with you and your family in the sense that you, you grew up around it and kind of dreaming about what it was and what it could become. And then the fact that you saw the need to share that space with other people and to open the doors again in a way that preserved a lot of the history, but then allowed new people to experience it in this new way. So I think that that's really special that you saw that. Yeah. And also the option of the hotel was a nice one because people could come there from different places and they could have a like 360 experience and 24 hour experience because in other places you visit, for example, a museum or a gallery for a few hours or for a few minutes. And then you leave, so you cannot experience in full the place with different daylight effects, different hours. So it was a nice option for guests to experience. Absolutely. And can you share a little bit more about the history of the wine factory itself? As you had mentioned, it played a, a role in the pivotal trade era for Greece and for my audience, currents or raisins, as we call them in America. Yeah, currants is actually like the dark raisins. The dark, yes. Yeah, almost black. Yes. So what was that history and how was it so significant for this area in Greece? And then, of course, transforming it to the wine production. This place is a landmark for the region because it's related to this period of the current era. Uh, before this building being built, there was a golden period, the period of currants started with the liberation of the Greek kingdom back in the uh, 1830s. And the main production of Greece back then was currants that were exported towards Europe, especially when Phylloxera struck the French vineyards. Phylloxera was an insect, a parasite, that almost destroyed the French vineyards. So French winemakers used to import grapes from other countries, including Greece. And for Greek producers, it was uh, a golden chance to export huge quantities of currants. So uh, the whole economy of Greece back then was based on that, on that exportation activity. But afterwards, when the newly planted French vineyards became fruitful again and the demand fell, 
the overproduction could not be absorbed through exportation anymore. So that's how the current crisis broke out in 1910. And a few years afterwards, the Greek government, in trying to take advantage of the unsold amounts of currents, founded an organization, the Autonomous Currents Organization, that built wineries and other warehouses and and infrastructure in order to convert unsold amounts of currents into wine, giving them a second sense for exportation. So that's why this winery was also built, among others. And we're very lucky that this one was built on the bits because they could load directly the sips. That's why it was built literally on the bits. Well, and that's what I was going to ask next. I think the fact that the location on the beach and the land surrounding it is so significant. And obviously to your childhood, playing on the beach, kind of growing up, exploring the property, what about the actual land in particular and perhaps the local community really inspired you to take on this project? It was the beginning of the village of Koruta. The winery was built, as I told you before, on the bits because it could be ships could be loaded directly. But afterwards, when workers used to work there, some taverns were created around so that workers could go there. And after some years, some summer houses popped up <laughs> so they could spend the whole summer period uh, by the winery. And that was the beginning of the village. So now, after almost one century, repurposing the building was very significant also for the people, especially the older ones that used to remember the place in their childhood as a working factory at its full glory. And it was like reviving the history in a different way with a different use. So me and the whole team were very proud of what we tried to do there and also how we try to connect it with the contemporary local community and the farmers that today the the region is mainly agricultural. And what we are trying to do is connecting young farmers to our operation so we can buy their produce, meet them in person and create experiences with them in both gastronomy, but also as an experience where guests could possibly visit them or see how they live and how they produce. It's so nice to hear that you've really invested in the local community as well. And the fact that you're supporting these other farmers, these craftspeople, and not only helping to fuel their careers and and their livelihoods, but you're allowing the guests to interact with them directly. So for someone who might live in a city and be looking for a beach vacation, they also get access to all of these other experiences that they might not have known about or had the chance to really interact with. I do wonder, in opening the doors of Dexamines for the first time, what feelings did you want to evoke out of your guests and what did you really want your guests to take away from this experience? I will go back to the construction period because (laughs) I was there before there were no doors. So we had to open them. (laughs) It was like... (laughs) You had to create the doors. (laughs) Yeah. There was blind concrete boxes uh, used for fermentation. So it was quite dark. And I was there when we started cutting off some pieces with huge wheels. And that was removing the pieces in order to create the doors. And it was like a very symbolic moment, like setting light to a dark place. So this renewal was happening in front of my eyes like a visual poetry or something very symbolic happening 
at that moment. And now when people enter these doors, I would like to design an experience where they get almost same uh, emotion, like this contrast of light of the outdoors and this calmness of the interiors. That's why we have kept the walls as they were before. And you can see or touch their surfaces. Some of them have still stains from the winemaking process. Or you can see the levels of the grape juice when it was stored there. And it's uh, like very magical to observe that. And this contrast also because the interior and the exterior feeling. Well, you painted such a beautiful picture right there. I can totally visualize the actual cutting of the doors for the first time and that light pouring in. So I can see how significant that is for you. But then to see that expression in your guests every day must be really rewarding as well. And I do wonder then, where did your choice in the name Dexamenes come from? Is there any special story or significance there? Dexamenes means tanks, and since it was wine tanks, the rooms were wine tanks before, we chose this word so that it's also a very good sounds like a conversation starter because most of guests ask what Dexamenes means. So it's a great opportunity to understand that they stay in actual fermentation tanks. Absolutely. It perfectly describes the sense of place, and to your point, just opens up the conversation about the history. For Greek visitors, it's I like this uh, contrast because the Xamenes is not a place where they would spend their holidays. <laughs> and it's a very nice contrast because we have twisted the meaning of the word and make it a hospitable place. Absolutely. Yes. It's not what they would expect from the sounds of it. Not frightening, <laughs> not scary. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, worldly travelers and loyal listeners. Do you know of places and people we can stay in good company with? Are you yourself a host looking to share your story and welcome in good company? We're always looking for new places to travel, new people to meet. Share who you know and where they are by sending us a note at stayinggoodcompany.com or by mentioning us on our social media channels at stayinggoodcompany. We'll be sure to give you a shout out when we're there. Now it's time for us all to take a trip to Dexamenes as it stands today. So can you paint us a picture of a Dexamenes stay? For those of us who have never stayed in a wine tank, what can we expect to experience from the time of our seaside arrival to our tearful departure? So the check-in is a weird moment because we have no labels, no signs. It's like a secret place that you have to discover a small opening where you come in. And the first thing the guests face is like a, a big concrete block taken out from one of the tanks where you can see two pipes and a manhole that was the original facade of a wine tank and the two pipes there was a higher pipe to take out the clean wine and a lower pipe for the sediments for the dirt so the first thing guests face we call it like a small monument it's like an introduction to the history and in contrast to this very monolithic concrete experience they meet our team that is like on the contrary they're very smiley and they're very friendly <laughs> and the check-in starts with a small tour to the facilities of the hotel and at the same time it's like a historical tour because we can explain them what its place was before and what is now so people have a look around and they see our restaurant that used to be an engine room they also see another space that we use it as an art gallery and before it was the warehouse, they can see our wine cellar, 
that before was the weighing machine where they used to count the weight of the currents. They can see a two-story building that today it houses two suites plus one wellness room and a multi-use space that before were the administration offices, the chemistry labs and the residence of the manager. And afterwards, we guide them towards the zone of the tanks where they have to find uh, the number of their tank and it's the number of their room today. So the typical check-in process is like this, traveling back in time, but also exploring the facilities of the contemporary hotel. A typical stay includes, it starts in the morning with a breakfast, that's a Greek and local breakfast. Uh, depending on the weather, weather, most of guests go on the beach, like swimming and uh, enjoying slow times. <laughs> or they can visit, they explore the, the wider area, like they can visit ancient Olympia, they can visit ancient Ellis or a medieval castle called Hlemuci, or they can do a, a wine tour to local wineries where they can see their properties that are very beautiful and natural and nice to explore. But also they can taste their wines. During the day, many of the guests stay at the hotel so they can enjoy. There is an all-day menu where it can serve both beets and our bar. We offer some in-house experiences like three types of wine tastings, one with local wines, another one with biodynamic and more natural wines, and the third one, a comparison of same varieties in Greece, but also international terroir, so they can see the difference of international versus Greek wines, but also wellness experiences like yoga or other treatments. And uh, what is important here and interesting is that we don't have an old school spa, but we use some of the metallic circular tanks for these treatments. So guests could enjoy a shiatsu massage in one of the tanks or a sound healing session, again, one of these tanks. The night ends with a dinner in our restaurant. We again use local recipes and local produce to create the food experience. And occasionally we also hosting cultural events for example, this summer we had short film festival that guests could attend. We host sculpture exhibitions, painting exhibitions, performances, and there is a calendar with specific dates for specific events. You've definitely added a lot to the experience, it sounds like, and the fact that you can do so much and kind of create your own experience how you want to best experience Dexamines. Yeah, it's quite customizable and it's also what we try to do is not pressing in terms of space or time. So guests can choose how they want to spend their, their time there. Absolutely. And then from a design perspective, you partnered with your local yet world-renowned architecture firm, K-Studio, on the restoration of the buildings themselves, as well as in the intentional interior design and landscaping. So can you share some more about their signature touches to the overall aesthetic of the design? K-Studio is a very creative architectural studio based in Athens, but they also, now it's a big team and they also do international projects. And I was very lucky enough because it was the studio I was working there as an operations manager before the construction of the examiner started. What they did is respecting also my desire to keep it as simple as possible and make it very friendly to the guests. So they added wood and other materials that made it much more cozy than it was before, like 
called Tank. And I think their biggest success was a reduction, not adding alien elements to the place. So they kept it as simple as possible. They intervened, like adding a water element in the courtyard zone that made the, the experience much more interesting with reflections of sound and light. But also it created like a microclimate there and it's working perfectly during the summer season. It cools down the whole zone. So it was like very bioclimatic decision. They also were very open to upcycling materials. Also their success was they were interested enough to give time to the design process to be updated with what we found during the construction process. So, for example, when we entered the warehouse and there was uh, some walls made of bricks, terracotta ceramic bricks, we upcycled the design and we made some floors out of these reclaimed bricks. Or when we started opening the doors, some blocks were taken out. So we used them as stepping stones in this pool that frames the two silo tanks. Or, for example, on top of the tanks, there were some handrails that was at the same time like the water piping system of the winery. We reused the original ones, the original columns, as the new handrails on the promenade on the beach. So their intention was not to impress or not to over-design, but to do something that would respect the place and would highlight its original features. What a creative challenge to really reimagine what was already there. And I think that it takes someone such as yourself with that creativity, that passion, and it sounds like the team that you worked with, to look at something and really appreciate the history, but then think about, okay, how can it live in this new light, in this new world? And I think that you've done an excellent job of that. And so turning now into the rooms, the wine tanks themselves, what was your intention behind the interior design? There's various types situated across the resort. So what are some of the common amenities and features that you elect to share with your guests? In the interior design, we try to, as I told you before, to preserve the patinas on the walls and the original features of the structure of the tanks. And we added what was necessary for the hotel operation. Like we added an, a destructured kind of closet, <laughs> minibar. So we kept it very simple. So we had to combine these different elements, like preserving as much as possible and not over-designing, meeting the, the basic needs of guests, but also meeting the legislation standards. Absolutely. Well, and as you had mentioned, the rooms themselves are very well preserved. Their views are each unique in either looking at the sea or perhaps the gardens. And I think that it just really grounds you in stepping into that sense of space and place and really feeling like you are a part of the history of it. And I love the fact that sustainability is so ingrained in every inch of this place, from the architecture itself to the reduction of waste. And as you had mentioned, from the recycling of materials to even the products and the energy and the produce that you produce on the property. So can you share a little bit more about this mission and maybe some of the amenities and experiences that are testaments to this commitment? First of all, keeping the buildings is like a statement of sustainability because we didn't create waste 
and faster was to use new resources to build something new. So not demolishing the building was a sustainability statement itself. Also, we tried to upcycle as much as possible, including the, the blocks of concrete reused as stepping stones and coffee tables and other chairs and all the elements that I told you before. So in terms of architecture, we tried to use as little new resources as possible, but also create all insulation standards that would make it low con- consumption. So from an electrical and mechanical point of view, we use very low consumption equipment, especially for the electrical energy. We have installed a solar panel installation. So we, it covers more than 90% of our electrical needs in terms of energy. We also have a program for recycling and minimizing waste. So that's why we don't use single-use plastics in both food and beverages, outlets, or in-room. No single-use shampoos or everything. Most of our bottles are made of glass, and we have a glass recycling program. In terms of products and local community, we collaborate with the local farmers, as I told you before. In terms of culture, we have like a programming emphasizing on local culture and collaborating with also local artists and artists' communities. In terms of recreation and wellness, as I told you before, we don't use energy-consuming infrastructure. We keep it personalized on essential intellectual needs of all of us. So we focus on more on people and not on facilities. We also try to create a healthy workplace for all our team. And it's also very important because we want to create a community for ourselves because we work there and we spend many hours during the day with each other. And we try to be a team that we can base ourselves on each other. A healthy workplace is on top of our priorities too. The hotel is quite flat, making it very accessible for people with disabilities. It was really special that you thought about a lot of this in the actual building and the redesign of the property itself. But then to your point, it's something that is ever evolving, that you have to take care of and adjust as the needs of your team and the resources and your guests change over time. Your vision around sustainability will shift and there will be differences in priorities, but the fact that you're committed to that only ensures that it'll last for for many generations to come. Let's hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you had touched on from a cultural perspective, you offer guests a curated selection of many different experiences, such as the workshops, the performances, the tastings, the exhibitions. Are there any that are your favorites or ones that you are specifically most proud of? One was a series of wine tastings that we did in our launching year. They were called Cantharos Gatherings, curated by Eleni Tranulli. And we invited contemporary artists to create performances that would be at the same time wine tastings for the audience, for the guests, in collaboration with local wineries. So this series were both like a reference to the history of the place because their main theme was wine. The examiners used to be a wine factory. They also highlighted the contemporary viticulture history of the region and we collaborate with local producers of wine, local wineries 
and at the same time was very interesting but it was like an implementation of contemporary art and performance art into these activities so it was very interesting and very holistic approach another concept we are developing year by year is creating some curated dinner experiences in our tanks we started this summer with some series and we would like to develop it even further so one of our silo tanks next year will be like a place for performative dinners with different theme so it will be like different series of dinners hosted in the first silo and it will be like a virtual one more F&B outlet but it, its style will be more, more like a platform for creativity and connecting gastronomy with science or local culture or with different aspects. So it will be at the same time like a workshop place. Oh my goodness, I would love to experience both of those. It truly is storytelling brought to life. I mean, fully immersive. You're able to go beyond the product or the plate and to really tell that story in so many different ways. And so for someone who really likes to pursue creativity in different ways. This really blends together so many different outlets. So that's very exciting to hear more about and to hopefully one day experience for ourselves. Now, speaking of gastronomy, as Hippocrates once said, we are what we eat. And so here at Dixamines, you chose to eat locally, seasonally, and consciously. So can you share more about what we as guests can expect to taste, sip, and savor? Yeah, I will go one step back and then I will explain you how we design our menus. First, we start with research of the local produce. And we are very lucky because the region is agricultural and we have plenty of vegetables and fruits and other products that we can use. So first, we can see with the farmers whether we can collaborate with them and we write down their materials. Afterwards, we create the recipes based on these materials. And there are also, to some extent, it's how the local cuisine was formulated because local recipes include the products that were traditionally produced in the region. So how we created our recipes. And guests at Examenes can taste locally produced food based on Greek cuisine, but with some contemporary twists. We also use some more contemporary cooking techniques, not only the traditional ones, but we keep it essential and meaningful. So people can try a full range from fully vegan, vegetable and traditional recipes to pescatarian options because we are by the sea and we have access to fishermen and there's the cuts of the day, but also some other options that are standard in our menus. Plus, respecting animal rights and avoiding meat industry we collaborate with some local farmers and we can find local options for uh, meat eaters so we have a full a full spectrum of dietary preferences and we can also be very adjusted to special dietary requests or allergies or intolerances we also keep it local, but also in accordance to the needs of guests. Absolutely. It sounds like you've done a great job of being able to really support all tastes and preferences. And everyone gets to experience the local cuisine in the way that they see best fit. 
Now, Dixominis is situated on the beach, as we have spoken about, and so it's an ideal outpost for not only sun-seeking, but then, of course, exploring the region's offerings of small towns, wineries. And so, as a local yourself, what are some things to do, perhaps sites to see, shops or restaurants to support, that you would recommend? The first we recommend, of course, is ancient Olympia, because it's the birthplace of the Olympic Games, and is a site of high significance for humanity, so people can visit both the ancient stadium that's outdoors, but also the museum with findings of items at a wider area of ancient Olympia. We also, as I told you before, suggest wine tours in local wineries. There are a few like uh, Mercury Estate that's very significant and it was built in the end of the 19th century. It was also related to the current era. So there is a relationship also to our winery, although they were not directly collaborating back then, but it was of the same era. There's another one, Brzezicki Estate, that's one of the first that was fully green winery, and they produce the energy they are consuming. They did it like decades ago. I think they were one of the first green wineries. What we suggest is like, trying off the beaten path experiences, like visiting the open market of Amaliada on a Saturday morning, where all local producers go there selling like a flea market their produce. And we also sometimes combine it with a cooking course afterwards. So guests can go there, find food, buy from local producers, and then come back to the hotel and do like a cooking course with us. That makes it quite complete and holistic experience. And there are also some other local taverns in uh, villages nearby. And for the nature lovers, there is a oak forest for Loi, for example, that they can go there. In Greek mythology, it was the place where minotaurs uh, used to live. Plus some other rivers when they can do more active uh, sports. Gosh, there's so much to do that, of course, you want to just stay and experience the property itself, but then it's such a jumping off point to experience so much more of the local community and the rich history. And for me personally, yes, I always have to visit the local market and to pick up the fresh produce. So I'll be sure to stop by there. Now, I'm sure I speak for both myself and our listeners and wanting to know what the future holds for you, your family, and your future guests. So what can future guests look forward to from Dixomenez? What's new or coming soon that you're most excited about? What we're trying for, especially next season, is like some new concepts like the one I described before, like a pop-up dining concept that will be like a platform from creativity, science, and gastronomy uh, in one of the tanks. We are also setting up our plans for wellness. We will host more wellness experience during the upcoming seasons. And the rest, we will keep it simple and not over pretentious and we would not like to try to do impressive things that are, have no meaning. We will keep it simple in terms of operation. Yes, it's a very refined taste that you're being selective in what you do bring to the property and the programming, but it still speaks for the brand that you've created and that you are ensuring lasts beyond this. Of course, for you personally, as a father and a husband, what do you hope for your children as they grow into their own? Any advice, hopes, or dreams for them? 
my dream for them is to be themselves, to, to, to find what their truly needs are and follow their passions and their instinct and be confident enough to chase on their dreams. But as a father, I always had this sense of caring of others, but now it's much more intense. It's not just caring for others, but caring for the future of others. <laughs> it's much deeper. So I feel much more responsible in my everyday life to make decisions in favor of the future. So it's like taking care of the lives of my children, but also of the, the generations to come. And if not make a positive impact, at least make the minimum harmful impact <laughs> on this planet. That's a beautiful way of thinking about it. So you're not just thinking about the daily needs of your guests or of your children, but the generations that are to come and ensuring that they have those resources, those, those blessings that you're currently seeking for your own children. Hello, worldly travelers and loyal listeners. Are you too planning your upcoming travels and in search of independently owned and operated stays and experiences to visit along the way? Head on over to stayinggoodcompany.com or our social media channels at Stay in Good Company and drop us a note with where you're going and when, and we'll be sure to set you up in good company for your trip. Just don't be surprised if we hide away in your suitcase and join you in your journeys. So now that we know what it's like to stay in good company at Examines, and we've learned and grown in good company with you, Nikos, and thus I have a few final questions, what I like to call a toast to table topics. If you had to spend your life dedicated to mastering only one form of craft or art, what would it be and why? I would say I would like to compose music. I would like to compose in general, but I like listening to music and I can recognize the architecture of some pieces of music. I would like to decode it even further and reach a point that I can compose myself. <laughs> That's a great answer and I can totally see the similarities to your own career and your, your other passions come out in that way. Now, being from the land where the Olympics originated, as you just mentioned, what sport would you choose to compete in? It could be historical or current. I would choose swimming because I was brought up in a, in a region by the beach. So it's like my childhood memories are linked to swimming and my connection to the sea. Growing up, I understood that's a way of exercise that's quite meditational because it's focused on uh, breathing and you have to coordinate your physical action to breathing. And it's also plus the illusion of less gravity and more freedom. So uh, swimming uh, fascinates me. I would go for it. I would choose swimming as well. When I grew up, I don't think I appreciated it enough. I would be scared to get in the cold water. But nowadays, I swim almost every day. And to your point, I find it so meditative there's nothing you can do but focus on your breathing and getting from point A to point B. So I completely agree with you there. Now, is there a local custom or tradition that is one of your favorites to share with your family and perhaps even your guests? As a, a tradition since my childhood was Sunday lunches that we gather the whole family together and we share food, family style, and we communicate our news and we do like family bonding. That's what I would like to share with my kids and my wider family, but also to the guests as a way of a meal could be like a, a social activity. So that's why we suggest family style service, 
so that they can take many dishes in the middle and share them and not just one-to-one. That's a nice tradition. Right. To be able to strike that conversation by just passing plates alone can allow people to meet other people. Now, if you were a guest yourself, what design or feature would be your favorite? It's not something tangible, but it's like the respect of space and time. I would like to be respected and get as much time as, as I want and as much space I need. That's beautiful. Now, do you have a favorite spot to sneak away to on your property? I have two favorite spots, and they are exactly the opposite one to the other. The first is like being in the center of one of the silo tanks that's like metallic circular uh, ones. And if you find yourself in the center, the acoustics are magical because the sound is enhanced by the walls of the tanks that are circular. But also in terms of energy, you feel like a huge hug because you're surrounded by air and it's like very magical. And the other point that I like much is we have cut off the walls of two uh, adjusting tanks and we have created like a passage from the courtyard zone to the beach front zone. And this is like a passage and walk towards the beach and there is a constant flow of air and energy from the one side is the ocean and the sea and the other side is the courtyard that's very calm and very easy going. So at this passage you feel like the connection of these two energy levels so it's also very magical but very in high contrast to the center of the tank so beautiful now if you could visit another design hotel yourself where would you go and why i would not choose a specific one but for sure i would choose a hotel that is very close to nature it's not pretentious in terms of luxury and a place that i could find calmness and time to reconnect to myself and to nature. And to not overstay our welcome, I want to wrap up our conversation by asking, if our listeners haven't already done so during this episode, where can they go to book a stay or an experience at Dexamines? Of course, they can visit our website. It's dexamines.com, D-E-X-A-M-E-N-E-S.com. Perfect. And where can they follow along your journey? Do you have a newsletter or social media channels they'd like to share more about? We have a newsletter for, for guests that have already stayed in, but you can follow us in social media channels. In all of them, we are Dixamines, same spelling as before. We use more Instagram stories because it's like more current and live. But you can find also our YouTube channel where you can see an archive of some of our events or happenings that have taken place in the hotel, but also Facebook. We will be sure to link to all of that. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Nikos, and for engaging the past with the present so that guests can experience the Peloponnese culture and community. Thank you very much for the invitation. It was a great pleasure and an honor. Oh, cheers. Thank you. Thank you for listening along. I hope you found yourself to be in good company. I know I did. Be sure to rate and review invite your friends along and find out more ways to stay in good company in the show notes below. Until next time, remember to slow down and to savor the company you're in. Cheers, my friends.